0: You're listening to RazorCast, USA's hottest podcast, bringing you cutting-edge interviews from leading industry professionals.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Liz Harvey coming to you from our RazorCast studios in New York City, where we are dedicated to bringing you top-quality advice from many of the leading industry professionals across the United States. In today's episode, we are speaking with chiropractor Dr. Greg Rubenstein. Dr. Rubenstein is the founder of 57th Street Chiropractic, located in the heart of Midtown, Manhattan, where he has been practicing since 1993. He specializes in pediatric and family care, and Dr. Rubenstein is a long-standing member of the International Pediatrics Chiropractic Association. He also serves as a board member of Friends of Fresh and Green Academy, a nonprofit organization that does extensive charity work in education in Ethiopia. Dr. Rubenstein is widely considered to be one of the top chiropractors in the U.S. and is also a contributing member of our National Network of Industry Professionals. So, Dr. Rubenstein, how are you today?
0: Doing great, Liz, and I really appreciate being on the line, and thanks for having me.
1: Oh, we're so glad to have you with us. Um, Today, we're going to talk about a very important topic, colds and flu. So let's dive in. First question for you today, in treating children and adults and seniors, people of all ages, actually, what do you see as a leading cause uh, for people to become sick or to get sick?
0: Um, You know, when we talk about cold and flu season, um, you know, everyone always thinks it's the germs that make us sick, right? The germ theory says that, you know, if you get exposed to a germ and it's going to make you sick because these germs are necessarily bad things that that are going to try and take over your body. But it's not really just the germs that make you sick because you need to be susceptible. You need to be a, a hospitable host to this invading organism. So it's truly your body's resistance that allows you to become sick. It's not the germs that make us sick. And I find this very interesting because patients call my office very frequently and they're like, Dr. Rubenstein, I don't want to come in today. I have a cold and I don't want to get you sick. And I say, oh, that's that's really nice of you and very considerate, but we don't really buy into 100% of the germ theory because if the germ theory was 100% true, there'd be no one else around to really talk about it because everyone is exposed to these germs. They're constantly in our environment. But in reality, it's stress, tension, poor quality of life, poor nerve function that really allows the body to be sick. And I can kind of summarize this a little bit more clearly for you in understanding that your nerve system is that master communication system. And it controls your immune system. Your nerve system alerts your immune system that there's an invading organism, and then your body makes an appropriate response. If these response is in time and appropriate, chances are you're not going to get sick and you should be able to battle against that. But if your body is run down, you're stressed out, you're tired, then your immune system is run down, and then if you have subluxations on top of that, those misalignments that put pressure on the nerve system, your nerve system's control of the immune system is diminished, and then you're really susceptible and much more likely to become sick. So in reality, it's how susceptible that individual person is that determines if you get sick. Because, you know, Liz, I I don't know if you um, have a big family or not, but, you know, I know families of five where, you know, only three members of the family get sick. When you really think about it, it's because... You know, the children, the mom, they're all hanging out with the same people. They're eating the same food, drinking the same water, breathing the same air. Why is it that only three people get sick and not the entire family? If the germ theory were correct, all of those people should be sick.
1: Right. That is very interesting. And my next question was going to be, why do some people get sick more often than others? And as I'm asking this question I feel like you just answered it, but is there any any other reason why um, some people get more sick, just maybe those that are more stressed out, <laughs> like me? You know,
0: you know, Liz, you really brought up um, what I I think is the, is the nail that we all need to be hitting right on the head, and that is stress. Stress is a major reason that we get sick. And I'm going to explain something to you that you probably already knew, but I think you'll get a kick out of this, and it's a great way to explain it to other people, and it makes sense to most folks. So stress really comes from this psychology discussion called fight or flight, and I'm not sure if everyone's familiar with it, so I'll use a classic example. Let's say I'm turning the corner, it's 12.30 at night, and I'm here in New York City, and there's a person with a knife, and he wants my cell phone and my wallet. The first thing that happens is I feel that little tingle in my spine, zing, and all of a sudden that adrenaline starts flowing through my body. Okay, and that's the first sign of stress, right? Because when we're stressed out, the adrenaline pops up, and that's really what we're looking at. Now, there's another stress hormone that everyone knows, and it's called cortisol. Cortisol does two amazing things. The first thing it does is it stops insulin from doing its job. So it keeps the sugar in your bloodstream, because should I decide to run away from this guy with a knife, I'm going to need all that sugar in my bloodstream because that's the energy my body runs on. But the other thing it does is when I'm in fight-or-flight or what we call survival mode, Does my body want to be thinking about healing? It does not. So it shuts off the immune system. Healing only happens when you're at rest. So when someone's stressed out, think about the guy who lost his job, his wife is leaving him, someone sneezes in Buffalo, and he gets sick in Boston because his immune system is so run down and his nerve system is run down, and he's constantly in that stress chemistry with lots of adrenaline and cortisol flowing through his body. So stress is a huge reason that people get sick. And people come to me when they're all stressed out, and we try to just, you know, help them ease out the tension in their body, get the pressure off the nerve system, and reset that nerve system to a lower resting tone, and that helps increase immune system function and immunity.
1: Wow, sounds like I need a visit to a chiropractor. <laughs> um to help my stress level, but that I'm sure all of our listeners are going to benefit from that. That was a really great explanation. Thank you. Um, Moving on to a different question, but related, what do you see from patients who have been on pain medication or antibiotics that don't seem to be working?
0: Those are really good questions. Now, I'm going to break it down because you brought up two different uh, medication approaches. You talked about pain medicine and antibiotics. And let me tackle the pain meds first. And the one thing I know for sure um, with working with people in pain for about 23, 24 years is that pain medications actually usually work pretty well. They are very powerful drugs that absolutely shut off the pain messages. They stop the information information of, you know, pain messages getting to the brain, and it's, they're really good at shutting those things down. So pain medicines, you take a Vicodin, you're not going to feel a whole lot. And then there are much harder uh, medications out there for pain relief. And the problem is, is that those medicines are addicting, and the biggest problem with all the pain meds is that they only cover up the symptoms. They never address the cause. I've never had a patient come into my office who had a pain medication deficiency, and that's what they needed to solve their problem. The body heals itself. We know that the body is self-regulating, self-developing, and self-healing. Because if I break my pinky, you can just tape that to the finger next to it, and the body heals it. It doesn't need a cast or a doctor or anything as long as the bone is straight. So the body has the ability to heal itself. Pain medications only cover up the pain while your body heals itself. So they don't really have an effect on healing. It just makes the patient more comfortable. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure there are times where people are in so much pain that they need medication to help them just get through the day. So that focuses on on the pain medicine. And, you know, again, that can actually be a problem because if you take lots of medicine and you don't feel the pain, you could go out and do more stuff or return to exercise too soon and actually build the problem in more significantly if it's a biomechanical or musculoskeletal problem. Now, you also brought up the topic of antibiotics, and that's one that really hits close to home for me because I have a wife who is sick quite often, and what's interesting to me is that her father, when she was young, was a dentist, and he was a very well-intentioned man, and he loved his daughter more than anything, but his medical background led him to, every time she coughed or sneezed or was mildly sick, he gave her antibiotics. Now, antibiotics are powerful drugs. They kill all the living things. Antibiotic means against life. So they kill all the bacteria and viri in the body, but then those bacteria and virus um, are are killed. The ones that might happen to survive are resistant to the antibiotics, and then that repopulates her body with very antibiotic-resistant bacteria, which are even harder to take care of next time, which leads to stronger antibiotics. But the other and most important thing to understand is that when you take antibiotics, you never let your immune system battle that disease. And that's like getting a bully to fight your battle for you in high school. When you graduate high school and you end up in college and then there's no one to fight your battle for you, you're going to get your butt kicked. And that's what happens right. when people start to shy away from these, these antibiotics or they try and heal naturally because their immune system is not strong and never built itself up to a high level They tend to get sick more often and struggle and might even be sick longer because it takes longer for their immune system to kick in and do the job. So that's really what we see, you know, and how we talk about those pain meds or antibiotics. And please, I want you to understand I'm not saying that there's never a time for pain meds or antibiotics. If the body is so overrun, those are life-saving medications that can really help people. But generally speaking, the common cold and cough and sneezing, I believe that antibiotics are quite over, over prescribed. And that's pretty much my my point of view on that.
1: Right. I I think that is fabulous information for everyone uh, listening and leads us into the flu shot. Do you encourage your patients to get a flu shot? Do you have any um, feedback on whether a flu shot is a good idea or not?
0: Okay. Well, that's a really interesting question, and I get asked that a lot. And, you know, the one thing I have to say is that I just want to preface it that I don't tell people how to live their lives. But as a chiropractor, I am much more inclined to talk about natural health and healing. Now, encouraging a patient to get a flu shot will never happen in my office. It is absolutely 100% that individual's choice whether they get a flu shot or not. Recent research shows that the flu shots at best are somewhere about forty to fifty percent effective in the people who get them. But the truth is, is that we 're designed to be healthy, as I was talking about before. Your nerve system controls your immune system, so if your body is you know being invaded by uh, uh, Influenza virus, your body should trigger immune response and your body should battle back. You know the runny nose, the coughing, and the sneezing. Those are things just to make sure that that virus doesn't settle into your lungs and you don't get pneumonia. So many people will use over-the-counter their medications to stop them from coughing or sneezing, but coughing and sneezing and expectorating and getting that stuff out of your body is what your body's trying to do. It's the natural defense rather than let that slide down into the lungs and give someone pneumonia or a more significant infection. So a flu shot. I don't think it's a great idea. Um if someone's truly immunocompromised and their immune system isn't working, it might have some benefit for them, but at the rate of, you know, 40 to 50% um, you know, uh outcomes that are going to prevent the flu, I don't think that's a great ratio. And there are side effects to the to to the flu shot, and I don't know, but it was in the news that there were some people in Italy, I think 12 people got flu shots and had severe adverse reactions to the shot and a few of them actually died. So again, it, it's not something that I think should be widespread, maybe for some immunocompromised people, but I never recommend a flu shot because I truly believe that our bodies are designed to be healthy and have the ability to fight off colds and flu naturally. And the more it does that, the more efficient that machine becomes, the stronger the immune system and the healthier you are going to be. And that that's really you know, what it is. But I don't mm-hmm. tell people that they should or they should not. It's really their decision. If they ask me, I'll kind of answer that question very similarly and let them make their own decision. You know, if you're asking me what I would do, you know, it's not so important what I would do, but look at the facts, read the information, Mm They have something called a drug fact sheet that comes with every medication, and it is this long, little, tiny piece of paper with super tiny writing on it, but no one ever reads them. And if you read it, right. they show the research, and they show the efficacy of how well that particular medication works and all the side effects. I think if most people read those, they would certainly think twice.
1: Right, and I do think your perspective on a flu shot is very important um, for people to consider if, if they haven't already considered those issues that you brought up, so thank you for that. And My last question for you today is a, another general question that uh, hopefully you can leave our listeners with some good information, um, a good takeaway, and that is, what are the best ways to avoid cold and flu? Um, you know, the
0: best ways to avoid cold and flu are really to make sure that your nerve system is functioning optimally. Periodic visits to a chiropractor will clear out any misalignments or what we call subluxations that put pressure on the nerves, and that can interfere with the communication in the body. That communication from your nerve system to your immune system is vital. And if you make sure that that functions optimally, you're going to be less likely to get sick. And then, you know what, when someone gets a cold or a flu, Just leave them alone. Let the body get stronger, figure out what it needs to do and how to heal it, and then it'll create its own antibodies to make sure that it doesn't get sick again. If you remember, we talked a little bit about, you know, why some people get sick more than others, and, you know, it's about susceptibility and how run down or how strong your nerve system and your immune system are. Those are the things that really are most important in avoiding cold and flu, and it's also managing your stress level and eating a, a, you know, a pretty good diet and getting plenty of rest because the body heals at rest. When you don't sleep and you get all run down and you have high stress levels, your body is going to be much more run down, much more susceptible. Your immune system and nervous system are not going to be as strong as they can be. So it's really about you know, minimizing stress, making sure that you know, you're getting plenty of rest, drinking plenty of fluids. I mean, everything that we learned you know, in grade school and that our parents taught you are still holding true today. It's not that we have a deficiency of this shot or that shot or we need more cold medicines or more of any, anything else. The body knows what it's doing. We survived it as a species for a very, very long time without medical doctors and without all these drugs. Those cold medicines, they sure make you feel a little bit better, but they don't really heal you, and that's an important distinction to make. So really the best way to avoid cold and flu, again, plenty of rest, proper nerve system function, which can be helped by a chiropractor, and then, you know, eating right, drinking plenty of fluids, and that's pretty much
1: it. Thank you, Dr. Rubenstein. We know you are extremely busy, so I want to thank you for your time and help. For our listeners across the country, if you are interested in speaking with Dr. Greg Rubenstein, you can either go online at www.chiropractormidtown.com or call 917-534-6484 to schedule an appointment.